Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Manchester Football Social Legend Review. Good evening. My name is Joe McGrath and this is XS Manchester. Thank you very much for listening. This is the Football Social. We're reviewing the weekend, the biggest games that happened. And I'm in charge of two legends and I've not been in charge of them for quite a while. The legends are Mr. Gary Owen from Manchester City. Hello, Gary. Hello, Joe. How and are you? Mr. Mickey Thomas, who's looking for his headphones. And I'll come and get you some headphones yeah, very okay. soon. I don't mind while Gary's talking about City. I don't want them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how we're going to start things. The first section will be about yesterday's game. The second section will be about Manchester United. We've got Webby on the phone as well who will come and have a chat with us uh, where we from the full-time devils but we'll start off with Manchester City the game yesterday uh, which everyone was predicting goals would go flying in it was a nil-nil draw but it was still end-to-end stuff Gary Owen's going to be here along with a chap called Lawrence who we're going to get on the phone and they're going to dissect the game yesterday I think first things first Gary we need to talk to you then about was it a good result in the end for Manchester City where you go home and, and, and sort of take that one Take it against, off the box. Any against the top four or five, you you don't get beat away from home, and you take maximum points at home. That's uh, uh, that's championship form, of course. Liverpool, we've uh, we've been beaten three times by him last year. I knew he'd change what he did last time. He played with three at the back, although Mendy was as a left back, pushed higher up. He stopped those balls going into the channels, which they like to play into Liverpool, and kept possession for the first 10-15 minutes, just keeping possession, slowing it down, killing the crowd, and killing the game. And in the end, if you look at the chances, there were some very, very good chances, no more better than Mares when he had a perfect opportunity to win it with five minutes to go. You could argue maybe another one or two penalties more you could have had, uh, but we're not being greedy. One should have been enough. It wasn't Mares. Mares made an absolute town halls of it, to be fair. Watch out, the ball's coming now. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was more danger of people getting... Uh, getting knocked about on the M62 than there was inside the ground. <laughs> we'll get on to the Mahrez penalty in a second. Uh, he set up nicely. Um, do you see that... Um, some people comparing the game Manchester United had last season against Liverpool no. to this game. No. Set up shot, part of the bus, but... Yeah, but I'm going to I told you he was part of the bus. I'm going to how can you say part of the bus? Because when you look at the stats, 
we had the same shots as Liverpool. They're the home team, and we had the same shots on target as Liverpool. We had 51% of the of, of possessions of their 49. That's the least since Pep Guardiola has been at the club at 51%. Compared to 49 of Liverpool, and they're the home side, by the way. They're the informed side. They're the ones that's going to win the Premiership again this year. So they've been winning it for the last 24 years. But, <laughs> but to be fair, there was no parking of any bus. We played it, control football, kill the crowd. It was the quietest I've, I've heard Anfield in in many a year. Never mind playing against us in in any game. They. The longer that game went on, there was only one team going to win it, and we should have won it mm-hmm. with, without the penalty. For you, Mickey T, sorry, it's, it was unfortunate that um, you've got two teams, Manchester City Liverpool, as a United fan, um, that could be in the, the title race all the way to the end of the season. What were you thinking when you watched it? Did you have a favourite, or did you just... <laughs> it was it was a big nil-nil result, wasn't it? Um, it was, but I thought, overall, what Gio just said then, I thought City had some good opportunities. Uh, should have the penalty with Lovren. I thought it was a, a clear-cut penalty. I'm not sure what the referee was thinking there. Had a clear view on it for me. Um, to go to Anfield, any time, is difficult. Mm-hmm. To go there and have an opportunity to win it in the dying minutes of the game... When you get one player called Morris, who is a good player, there's no question about that. But as a penalty taker, his record says suggests to me he should have never been anywhere near that spot kick. You know, Jesus is it wanted to take it? Gio, was that right? He wanted to get yeah, yeah, Gabriel Jesus. I don't understand that, Mickey. It's changed from our time because in our time to be what would happen? Desi- what would happen? Because you be take penalties, didn't you, yeah, penalty yeah. taker, which was Aguero. He wasn't on the pitch, but then there would be somebody else if he was not there or. He just was didn't fancy it. There would be somebody else who would be the second in yeah. line to say right on on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wouldn't be anybody to say well. It wants. It's not like a Saturday. No really not, argument. Not a Sunday afternoon. Aguero might have been there. Was Aguero down to sick and he went off? No, he was off. Yeah, Aguero always takes the penalties. Yeah. But then you look at David Silva. David Silva takes penalties for Spain. I don't see him missing many. Mares is. I think he's missed Four. five out of the last twelve or seven out of the last two. Something like that. Something crazy. And by the way, Jesusu was nearly in tears because he didn't take it. He's missed two out of five. Yeah, so, so you know, none of them really could uh, claim but, it. But David <laughs> Silva, but there should there should be enough on that on that field to pick up that ball. But listen, as Jose Mourinho said when Pogba missed whoever he missed that a few weeks ago, listen, you step up and you take it. The job is. As a penalty taker, you should score because the advantage is with you. Yeah. You know where you're going to put it, the keeper's got to guess. But in general, you do miss penalties. Mm. Not a lot of people like to take penalties. I always love to take penalties. Mickey T, did, did you I, take I, penalties I, I, a lot? I've missed, missed, missed one for Man United, missed one for Chelsea. Um, I, no, I didn't want to take him, but I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but as Gio said, you know, in our era, one penalty taker. I took penalties for everybody, for City, yeah, for West Brom, for whoever. Yeah. Yeah. Never but played that. And Joe was alluding mm. to it. It wasn't a spectacular game, was it? No. It, it wasn't. wasn't. It wasn't. Because it was cat and mouse. They didn't want to... We had to kill that game. We couldn't let them come at us like crazy. It was like chickens with their head cut off like they do for the first 15, 20, 25 minutes, half an hour to get their noses in front. No, we stopped it. We played with three at the back, although it would suggest with Carl Walker as uh, a right back and Mendy's left back, but Mendy was pushed further forward. And we played with three at the back, with Stones, Laporta and uh, Kyle Walker. And when we needed two, we brought uh, uh, Mendy back into it. But we kept possession. We were, we were in control of that game from start to finish. Mm. And obviously, Liverpool, the home team, they were going to put you under pressure at some point. You'd expect that. But, but, but the chances... What about the strike force? Their strike force didn't... The other side, they got plan A, and that's it, really, Liverpool. Well, Listen, they're a good side, Liverpool. Forget what's happened in the last four or five games. They're a good side. And when you've got Salah, who is not hitting the height no. in, in met. You said it, though, Gary. Yeah, I did say it. Yeah, didn't he? I did he say did. it. Start, it won't happen again not. this year without him last year. And Firmino, who was anonymous, Firmino, was anonymous. Mane tried to get himself about a bit, but he was he was ineffective a little bit 
as well. Uh, so the front three of theirs was was not anonymous. Yeah, well, having said that, listen, a point to Anfield. You would take it before the game, of course you would do, because as I've said before, and I said on Friday, we'll take more points off Liverpool this season than they take off us. So far. It's level pegging, yep. but now they've got to come to us. Right, we're so going to speak to a gentleman called Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence runs a YouTube channel and he'll tell us all about it. Lawrence um, was at the game against Liverpool and he recorded his reaction to the uh, Mares penalty. We're going to get him on the phone after this, but this is how events folded out uh, with Lawrence. Oh, I'm going to go my, I'm going to my nuts. Oh, my days. I don't know who's taking it. Riyadh, he's at the target, mate. Thirteen years of hurt, waiting at Anfield for a league win. Thirteen years. And it's Riyad Mahrez, record signing. What a way to introduce yourself to City Faithful. What a way if you bend this top corner. What a result this is. This reminds me of Stamford Bridge last season. What an important win this could be, a 1-0. I don't know what Riyad's panels are like, I know it's a good set piece to take at Leicester. Riyad Morris, this is the biggest moment in your career for City. Hit the target. Alison knows nothing about you. Come on. It. Oh, he's ballooned. It was the final words from Lawrence there. Lawrence, are you okay, mate? I love the video. Thank you for coming on Excess Manchester. You were down at the uh, Anfield uh, over the weekend. Uh, what is your assessment of how Manchester City played? I thought it was a brilliant performance. Look, I mean, the, the penalty has got a lot of sort of social media hype and, and obviously that clip in particular. Um, but the, the actual game, if you look at the game, we, we've conceded seven goals there last season at Anfield. Uh, now we've conceded zero. Um, you know, unless we match them in the cup, uh, we're not going to be coming there again. And we've got, you know, a decent result. Uh, I thought we were really mature. You look at someone like Bernardo Silva, I think he, he shied away last season. Uh, this season, I think, you know, this game, he was brilliant. He didn't lose the ball and he was just, he was making things happen, you know? Yeah, indeed. And the uh, the chat of the two-horse race, it was a big clash between Liverpool and City going into it. Um, you've yeah. allowed Chelsea to sort of, the, the perfect Premier League table now as three of you sit on 20 points. Do you yeah. still see it, Liverpool City all the way to the end? Because what we're seeing in the studio now is that Liverpool's attacking option, if that goes out the window and you, they can't yeah. execute their plan, they have no plan B. 100%, mate. I honestly, you know, this is the sort of truth, isn't it? The rivalry sinking it. So I don't think Liverpool are, are rivals for the, for the title. I think, can they get top four? Yes. Are they a decent side? Yes. They've got no experience to win the league. Uh, their squad's thin. They're bringing the likes of Shakiri on when, when things go tough. Firmino was absent, you know, yesterday. Their midfield doesn't keep the ball anywhere near as well as, you know, players like Kevin De Bruyne and Fernandinho do. Um, I think I think it's Chelsea and us. I think Chelsea got the experience. They've got eight or nine Premier League winners in that side. They've got an exciting new manager. You know, who are the Premier League winners in that club, you know, at Liverpool? They're all ex-Man City and Chelsea players. So there's no one, apart from those guys, you know, James Milner and Sturridge, and there's no one else there that have won Premier Leagues, you know? They often find it hard to, to execute it. Lawrence, um, is the international break, some say it's come out the right time for Manchester United. Do you think you're on a good stroll here with performances? You kind of hope that maybe it wasn't happening right now? I don't let the break gives the likes of, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, um, that extra sort of, what, 10-day, 14-day break to get even fitter and sharper. Mendy as well. Um, I don't, you, you never know how many players are going to go out and play for their countries and you know pick up knocks and pick up injuries. But hopefully, if, we, if we're lucky, um, that squad get, comes back in a couple of weeks and, and we go on again and we kick on with, with 
possibly the best centre midfielder in the Premier League coming back, you know, fully fit. It's really, really exciting that we're top of the table. We've got the, the hardest away game of the season out of the way. We haven't conceded a goal without Kevin De Bruyne. So it's really exciting. Uh, Gary, for you, sorry, I've been going on into this chat. City, um, are you thinking that the, the international break allows that time? Agree with Lawrence about what Listen, you're saying? I think it's important you go into, especially when you're challenging for the league, that you need to go into those international breaks on a high, not a low. You don't go in and have been beaten. And, and over the last season and, and started this season is that we've not been beaten. A point at Liverpool is a point more than we got last year. So, you know, last year we got no points out of it. We got done 4-3. So we're on track to uh, of where we were last season. In fact, not only are we on track, but we're a point better because we've now got Liverpool out of the way. And as, as I just said probably the hardest away game, although there'll be a few more hard ones to come along. I thought we played Liverpool absolutely superbly. We stopped and put them into those channels. Our defenders defended extremely well. The only thing you would criticise, if, if you're going to criticise, is that when we had chances and we broke, the, the, the final pass or the final execution weren't the best, because if it would have been, we wouldn't have needed a penalty. Uh, Lawrence, for you, can I just final question? Mares uh, yeah. got a bit of a stick, and we're going to bring David in in a second. He's another City fan on the line. Mares got a bit of a stick about it. Do you worry that his confidence might take a knock, or do you think Pep Guardiola knows what he's doing and builds him back up? Uh, it's a tough situation. He's a record signing for Man City. You know, he's uh, obviously a proven Premier League winner. He's a top attacker in Europe. If, if he's taken the ball off of someone like Gabby Jesus, who, you know, City fans love the guy, but he's a very, very young player. Um, you know, he hasn't been get scoring loads of goals this season. Um, I think, you know, if he scores that goal, there's absolutely no issue with him taking the ball off of, off of him. So, you know, look, players like Aguero have missed penalties for us in the past, and we, we don't think about it. We don't even remember it. So hopefully Mahrez uh, isn't sort of burdened by this long term. Um, but yeah, obviously there are issues about how he how he did it. You know, it was uh, sort of arrogance of, you know, obviously he did it right in front of the City fans and there's a lot of aggro in the stands about sort of, he's, he sort of ripped the ball away from Jesus and Jesus is sort of walking off a bit emotional. So it, it, that's not the, that's, that's the issue, you know, is that going to affect team, sort of team morale moving forward? But it shouldn't, of course not, because we're top of the league. But um, yeah, a little bit of selfishness there that I, I didn't really appreciate. Yeah, Can I just jump into you? Um, I just want to say to you, I mean, do you think they'll ever find the ball? (laughs) (laughs) I think they're forgiving me. Well, to be fair, the last time, because I had a a bit of device on it, it was going up the A1. So it got up the stuck. It's currently stuck on roll works on Mancunian Way. It's on the back of a. Yeah. They find the ball and forgive me. They find the ball and forgive me. Yeah, Lawrence, can I. If people want to go check out your stuff, you're on YouTube and Twitter, watch your YouTube so we can go and have a look at your vlogs. The original video, if you want to see it, you know, all its sort of painful glory for City fans, it's just Boovy on Twitter. So B V E Y, that's just sort of my nickname. Um, and you can sort of see the relive the painful moments uh, on there. Lawrence, thank you very much for giving us a call. Come into the studio soon and we'll have a chat. Yeah, yeah of course, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, Lawrence. Thank Cheers. you very much. From Lawrence there to David. David uh, is the Man City fan. Uh, he was talking about Maris. You think he's getting a bit of stick, David? Uh, you're right there, lads. Yeah, yeah. I rang a couple of weeks ago. Gary Owen kind of jumped down my throat because I said I was a bit worried about Liverpool. Mm. Um, Doesn't sound like Gary, that, does it? No, not at all. <laughs> Yeah, well, Were you worried you know, yesterday? Really... Were you worried at any time yesterday in that game? I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you, Gary. Yesterday, it's proved to me now. I think last season, before you jumped down my throat, I think Pep was a bit spooked by Liverpool about to approach him. I think he was trying to work him out. That was my point when I was last on. But he jumped down my throat. Mm. I think yesterday, what I've seen, he's worked him out. 
he's took him a year or two to work him out because last season he was at all about front three with a high press. And he worked out yesterday when we lost the ball, City, I know it was yesterday. Bernardo Silva was dropping in deep in front of the back four. They were making it, we were getting men behind the ball. And that second ball, we were winning it very quick yesterday. A lot of it was a desire. We got the ball back quick when we lost it. But when we did lose the ball, we went into like a back four. Like a, a real, as where usually our full are quite high up. And our two midfield players put press high. But they dropped in deep. They sat in, that was his game plan from Pep. And I think that's why he dropped Sané out of the game. Because although he's a brilliant player, he can leave us a bit open. But I think he's worked him out. He's got the measure of him here. And if he pulled it off yesterday, well, it would have been a tactical mastermind by Pep. All right, we've not quite pulled it off. But Alex Ferguson used to always say it. When you play your angles in the top four, you get you don't get beat. When you go to their ground, you get something. You make sure you do them at home, which I think we will. We beat them last year 5-1 at home, I think. So 5-0, sorry. Mm. Let's see what they're like on the home straight, Liverpool. You know, we've, we've been to the well three times and brought the water home. We've won the title three times, the core of company, Aguero, Silva. They've been there time and time again and done it. Let's see what they're like on the home straight. If I'll tell you what we need to, to do and what we need to look at. It's eight games have gone, only eight games. If you look last season at eight games, United were were probably ahead of us or, or same points as they were scoring four every game and it didn't turn out well for United. We're in eight games. I say we look at it again after 16 games, which is sort of getting just just before half the season. And then we'll see who the runners and riders are because you watch another eight games, there'll be a lot of results that will surprise a lot of people. And the people that's knocking about from second to sixth now, that might all be jubbing around again, even from first to sixth. So Thank you. Interesting. Sorry, Gary. Thank you, David, for your call. Right, we're going to take a quick break. Then Manchester United is on the cards. Alex Boardman from the Wednesday Club and Webby from Full Time Devils are coming on the phone to have a chat about Manchester United. We'll get. Hello, my name is Joe McGrath, this is XS Manchester. What a polite hello that was from myself. And we're talking about Manchester City and Manchester United and the world of football in general as the biggest stories come to you with Manchester City legend Gary Owen. Hello, Gary. Hello again, Joe. And Manchester United star Mickey T. Mickey, you could have got your boots on and you could have scored the third one. Well, I about that. <laughs> We're going to speak to Mr Alex Boardman, who is on the line, and Webby soon. Alex, hello, I know we've not got you for a while, uh, but thank you very much for joining us. Alex, you're part of the Wednesday club. You've always got a bit of pride and passion in Manchester United that they're going to do well. Alex, tell us all about what you're thinking when they were 2-0 down. Basically, I'd, I'd done changed my stance that I've had all season after Valencia, after the Valencia match. Um, I was there, the crowd, especially the United Road, really did the best to carry the team through. There was no effort. This was coming off a defeat two or three days before against West Ham. Um, and everybody had stuck by Mourinho. We were trying to stick by the team. The Valencia performance was awful. And then at 2-0 down, I mean, what shocking goals. It was like watching a comedy. Just unbelievably bad defending. There seemed to be no midfield. Um, everybody was rallied round Mourinho because the day before they'd put in the Daily Mirror that he was going to get sacked. And I think everybody now has, has sort of... He's, he's got sympathy with Mourinho, sort of, sort of thinking it's not his fault. Um, a lot of things going on high above. He's not giving Mourinho the players he needs and they're too com- focused on commercial things. But it's soon as soon as changed, everyone's like, 
this is it, Mourinho can't do it. And then they come out in the second half and it was, do you know what? There was one game I remember in the 80s and it was early in the Ferguson reign. He'd been losing game after game and then he beat someone 4-0. And Stratford then just sang all match, United are back, United are back. And just for maybe the last 25 minutes of that match, it felt like that is the United that we've seen for the last 20-odd years. And, and they were playing exactly how we wanted. And they scored the last-minute goal. It was like vintage, vintage United. Listen, can you imagine how you're doing, pal? You're the worst predictor I've ever known in my life, by the <laughs> way. I put that pound on it. I, I might as well put 1p on that prediction. Anyway, that's beside the point. But come on, Alex, you're playing Newcastle. You're 2-0 yeah, yeah. down at home. And they've got two points and four goals all season. Six with the two that got against you. Please don't tell me it's like United of old. No, the last the last 25, 30 minutes. Because ment- mentally, that United team seems to really suffer this season. I don't know what's wrong. There seems to have been a soft call there that we've seen at odd times with the Seville game last season. Um, but this season, you know, the one decent, half-decent performance against Leicester, but a good result. Then they lose two on the bounce. Then they go away three games consecutively. It looks like, oh, they've picked it back up. As soon as there's like the slightest bump in the road, heads drop, players start disappearing, not wanting the ball. And whatever Mourinho did at halftime, I know I know we made some changes, put Pogba really further back, Matic at centre-half. Um, but it was like the players suddenly had confidence and had belief and were expressing themselves on the ball and wanted the ball and just swarming forward. And it was like, look, this is what it means. I think Luke Shaw said it best. This is what it means to play for Manchester United. doesn't matter if that would have been against Wolves, that would have been against Derby. If it comes next week against Chelsea, uh, two weeks at Chelsea, Juventus, that's the mentality they need to play for United. And it just finally feels like we've had a glimpse of what we used to be like. Alex, you're on the Wednesday Club this weekend. Thank you very much for coming on. I'll speak to you soon, Alex. Cheers, dude. Cheers, Cheers, And from the Wednesday Club to the Thursday full-time Devils takeover, Mr. Webby. Uh, Hello, Webby. Good evening, chaps. Good evening. Yeah, Mickey T's here, Gary Owens here. Webby's on the phone. I'm glad to know you're still breathing. You're with us because you was nearly suicidal. You're not in the canal. He's He's walking to close that canal for me. Saturday at 20 to 6, I was at the bottom of the bank. And the tell me, oh, me, but. Listen, Jenny, what Alex was saying, obviously, it was a shock to the system, obviously. Newcastle, who played poor most of the season. I've won again. Goals 2 up. Yeah, Mickey, and then obviously, if you look at the game, makes a couple of good saves. It could have been 3 or 4, but the second half, the last 20, 25 minutes. It was it was like obviously not like the Fergie times. It was much better teams under Fergie, much better players. But for me, one of the biggest turning points was playing Matter and Mr. Fellaini coming on making a nuisance of himself. Yeah, <laughs> is that it now, guys? It's oh. all all done and dusted now. That what's gone before, we're, we're moving forward. You got you got to be positive, Mickey. The worst thing yeah. that could have happened for us was international break. You know, you get the momentum of a game like that, you want to carry it on as soon as possible. Unfortunately, these nations cups have come around, which is a waste of time in my well, eyes. The next but, few games, uh, though, does are you know quite quite tough, aren't they? Of course, Mickey. It brings the best out of you, though, doesn't it? You know what I mean? It's not going to be easy for Chelsea. We're going to make it hard as possible for Juventus. You know, the crowd was up for it. It was bouncing. 
But uh, you're looking at him if you saw some of the tactical things, like the first goal, the defence was nowhere to be seen. And no, it was awful, wasn't it? He's been, he's been ripped off again, you know. Uh, obviously, you got to blame him. Uh, for the for the couple of goals, but it was mm-hmm. poor the first half, Mickey. But we we stayed together, we kept together, and we got the three points. So okay. we can only be pleased for Webby. So the news obviously breaks on Friday that Mourinho might no longer be the Manchester United manager yeah. come Saturday. What is your thinking, and what do you think the pr- was going through United's ballroom's heads at the time when Newcastle were down two 0 Do you think that win or lose draw, Mourinho would have got sacked on Saturday because of the news breaking? Because in my heart, I felt that. That news breaking on Friday immediately stopped Mourinho from being sacked because United fans were in uproar. Gary Neville did a, uh, a, a, his his bit on Sky Sports uh, where he talked about his uh, frustration towards United, and it was it was a weird time Friday night. What was going through your head, and what do you think that uh, of United's actions when it when uh, Jose won? Well, obviously, Joe, you got to look at the the last two managers which have left the club. The press put it out. 24 hours before it happened, obviously with Moyes, and then obviously with Van Gaal after winning the FA Cup. So there's obviously someone in there who's got a friend in the press who likes to leak a bit of stuff. But you've got to look at it. If the Newcastle game would have stayed that way, I think he would have gone. Really, really think he would have gone because at the end of the day, it's not been, we've not been playing well. The results haven't gone our way. And a change would have needed. Now, obviously, I still think he's under pressure. Apparently, there's still a big meeting in London tomorrow, which he's got to attend. So you never know. But, you, but I've said it before on our show, Joe. Our board have not got a Scooby-Doo. You've got people there running our football club who are not football people. You've got a bloke who loves rugby and another one who's just... It just likes to sign deals, so you know we need if people. If you got to look at it, Joe, like, once people once, once people start failing below you as a boss, then you're all going to be looked at. You know, you know what I mean. So yeah, Woodward's yeah. got to look at himself, give him a big looking. And to be honest, the, the Glazers aren't going to let that gentleman go because he makes some lots and lots of money. Yeah, so yeah. they're not going to sack him. Yeah, yeah, that, that's on, on, on that though. I mean, the manager has had money. Oh, yeah, of course he has, Mickey. I'm not disputing that, Mickey. Someone buys you. I look at it this way, Mickey. If you want to buy a top-class player in any position nowadays, you've got to be paying 60 million plus. 20s and 30s aren't your top rank. That's for Baye, for Lindelof. They're not good enough for Manchester United Football Club. You know, if you want you look at the kid who Liverpool signed, Van Dijk, quality player, but they had to pay the big dough. Now, we should do that, Mickey. You know, you you got to be paying the top-notch dough yeah. now if you want the best in the world. Indeed. So what so. goes on from here, then? So, United get beat against Chelsea. Um, you can struggle to get behind Mourinho, but do you, do you believe that he will be with us to the end of the season? Well, I said that on the show Thursday, Joe. If you want to start looking for the manager, do what City did. Got Guardiola all sorted eight and nine months before he took the job. He told him what players he wants, just from everything smooth. Because if you sat Mourinho after Chelsea, who are you going to get him? He's still going to be left with the same players. You know, it's mm-hmm. going to, you know, some of them aren't just good enough. Mm-hmm. And it's no disrespect for them. They, it's, they probably try the best, but they're not Manchester United players now. You've got to fault previous managers. You look at all those players who are still playing there, who are left under Sir Alex. Some of them should be nowhere near the club. They've had the, we've had the best days out of them, but we've not signed players. You look at City last year, uh, the year they, they, they identified the two full-backs with a problem. They went out and spent 100 million. Bang, problem's gone. Mm-hmm. Is it we true? We haven't got the money to spend it. 
Uh, the phone-in for the full-time Devils will be on Thursday. I think it's going to be an exciting one. I hope so. Well, it's international football, but we always get a good show, and I'm just going to get back in the drink for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> Webby, have a good one, mate. <laughs> Keep your ankles in, at least. That was Webby talking up Manchester United. Let's speak to legends about Manchester United. So, Gary, then, mm. as a City fan, United go 2-0 down 10 minutes. Obviously, that wasn't how the result ended. What was going through your mind? Well, let me tell you what was going through my mind on Friday, because I said Oh, yeah, it. when you saw the story. When I said it. Don't forget the, the, the Mourinho... Uh, whether, he, whether he stays or he goes, whatever. I said, for United, forget those fans behind him. They've got to come out, and it's Mourinho's job to get them to be fired so much that when they get on that pitch, they are chasing, harassing, getting straight in the faces of Newcastle, letting them know they're Old Trafford. There's 76,000 people there. Get an early goal. Fans will get more behind him. You get a second one. Don't sit back. Get a second one. In fact, it went the other way around. Newcastle came out, all guns blazing, got a goal, got a second, maybe could have got a third one. I mean, Ashley Young was very lucky. When I say very lucky, I mean kind to him because it could have easily been a penalty when it hit him on the arm. Mm -hmm. uh, so they go in at half-time. I don't know what happened at half-time, but they did something. They came out again, got themselves a goal back, which gives the initiative. And I've said on this show many times, 2-0 is a dangerous scoreline because 2-0, if you get a third one, perfect. You go on and win that any score you want. You lose a goal, everything, doubt starts coming to your mind, especially Newcastle. They've had two points all season. All those demons come back into their head. Then they get an equaliser. There's only one team going to win it, and Sanchez got it in the last last minute. But you can't keep doing that and getting out of jail. You cannot do it, because you're not going to be playing Newcastle every week. So, for me, what I expected United to do, Newcastle did, and they went into a two-goal lead. But give credit where credit's due. They got back into it and won the game and relieved a lot of pressure on not only the team, but on Mourinho's one. Uh, you saw, Mickey, when United attacked, they attacked well, they attacked with promise, and there was no stopping them. You have to, Joe, the 2-0 down, is, you know, you've got to go for it. Yep. You know, there's no way sitting back, you have to go and try and win that game, and you have to give them credit. Matter uh, from the free kick guys got them back in the game, the equaliser came, great goal it was. United were going to win it, but Newcastle, for me, they changed tactics, they sat back and invited United forward, and... That's where they lost the game. Yeah, but that's what happens because you're 2-0 up and you're thinking, right, OK, yeah. now you're going to half-time. If that half-time hadn't come, they're thinking we can go on and win this, yeah. make it 3-0. Yeah. But then you go and you sit down with a cup of tea. When you come out, you're thinking, let's not lose a goal. So you, your thoughts at the beginning to try and get yourself in front is now not to, not to concede a goal. And I'm telling you, once you let teams come onto you like United or anybody those sort of players onto you, sooner or later, they're going to create chances and sooner or later, they're going to get a goal. Once that first goal goes in, then your mind's all over the shop for Newcastle because they've had a terrible start to the season, two points as I've said, looking for the first win. All of a sudden now, they're defending even deeper to try and protect it. The second goal goes in and now they're all over the shop. Heads have gone, everything's gone and, and it ends up like it always does. When you're in that position, you would concede a third. Glory, glory, Man United, they're all happy going home. And Newcastle must be kicking themselves for being tuned up at Old Trafford and not taking advantage. But do you think, guys, what... Uh, Webby said, uh, and that that uh, that one game, and it does no obviously mean that it could be a change of fortune. Well, just let me just tell you something now. You've got Chelsea away, you've got Juventus twice, and then you've got us. Mm. So let's, let's see what position United are in after those four games, because that would that is going to tell a lot whether or not Mourinho is is. He's staying in that seat by the skin of his mm -hmm. pants. <laughs> uh, did, who, which place did you like to see, Mickey, when the United were attacking? For me, Martial was quite good in the pace Martial, when he got the ball. Me, Sanchez, yeah, yeah. Sanchez did well. He did well for the goal. Um, 
but again, as I said, you know, you, you, you've got to go for it. And you, I think, Gaz, you've been in games like that where you've got nothing to lose. You, you're 2-0 yeah, down. Do. You've got to go for it. And they, they, they said they were brave. I think the fans, Gaz, for me, were magnificent. I thought they got the, the players up for it. But the test is to come. Because, oh, you know, the, the turnaround in Fortune, it can happen with one game. It's happened for managers before. Is this the one that does turn things around for a Are United going to go all guns blazing, like they've actually in the second half? They're going to play Matic at the back. Uh, they sorry, might play Matic the at the back. Pogba is playing a little bit. At the back, at the take back. a centre-back off and put a midfield player, and they take him off and then bring another one. I mean, it was like Keystone Cops. There was, <laughs> there was guys playing in position never played in before, but it was all, get as many attackers as you can on to try and get that goal back. What did you That's make of Eric Bailly being substituted off? You know, it's a result that they needed, guys, isn't it? You know, because, you know, the... Um, what they call were circling above. Yeah, the vultures. The vultures were circling above. <laughs> yeah, I just think it, it, it's a game we won. But unfortunately, Gio, it's a it's a break, international break. So the momentum has really stopped now. It, it, might, it, be, might, be it might be good that they have a break because mm. going straight into Chelsea away, it might give them a little Chelsea bit of Chelsea are certainly a team now you have to be... I think they're in contention for the Premier League. I think they, they've had the run of six wins on the short whatever. Mm. Yeah, what so Chelsea really up there when it comes yeah, to it. But United, as I said, they, they've had a reaction from that Newcastle game and it was a positive one. Let's hope it is the one that will turn things round. Coming up, we're going to be speaking about the Ballon d'Or. We're going to be mentioning that uh, City have got two players in it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be chatting about John Terry's announced his retirement, as well as looking at the predictions from last Friday, because they don't get to do predictions with these two gentlemen anymore. So we might as well dig them out and see who's in the lead. You don't need to dig them out. Got them out. Uh, I can't reveal who it might be. Uh, and we're also going to be chatting about uh, our little... Um, crowdfunding event which we want you to be a part of that involves Jim from the band James it is the Debbie Goodman Appeal we're going to be getting a gentleman called Dale on the phone to tell us much much more about that uh, thank you very much for listening to Excess Manchester we'll be back back, we'll be back, back right after this this is the Manchester Football Social Legend Review this is Excess Manchester. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we're going to be getting back to all the football shenanigans very soon, but we're going to be speaking now to a gentleman called Dale who's doing something pretty wonderful on the weekend for the Debbie Goodwin Trust. Uh, that is on uh, our Twitter page as we speak, the Debbie Goodwin, Goodman Appeal, sorry. I'm going to be tweeting out the link. Uh, a man called Dale, you know, we all stick to our guns with Manchester United Manchester City, but imagine wearing the other jersey of your rival club and doing a big walk-up Ben Nevis. Dale is on the phone now. Uh, Dale, uh, good evening, sir. Are you OK? I'm fine, thanks. Good evening to you. Thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing your story. We just want to give this a big push. It sits quite nicely with the Football Social and we want to get this uh, and spread the Debbie uh, Goodman appeal as far and wide as we can. Uh, Dale, Please. talk to me about the uh, the appeal and what you were doing on the weekend. Well, the appeal the appeals for my wife, the Debbie Goodman appeal... Uh, who's got primary progressive MS and uh, it's kind of aggressive. We need to get her home. She's not been home now for over 12 months and it's, it's about fundraising, trying to get an extension, uh, a specially adapted extension with hoists in the back of the house so we can get Deb's home. Um, so Sunday we've got a uh, a fundraising charity day uh, at Smokies over in, over in Ashton. Which is um, which is run really by Lee Hollister, the, the guy that's pitched all this who fronts Manchester Scar Foundation. But also Saturday, um, we've got my son Jim Glenny from James, uh, his son Jake, and, and big pal of mine Simon O'Rock, who were all mad blues, big big city fans. They were walking up Ben Nevis with the lovely Manchester United shirts on. 
So not only, not, oh, not only did they have to walk up yeah. Ben Nevis, they could have been wearing Manchester United shirts. So where did United shirts? Yeah. They don't rather walk up barefooted than stick United <laughs> shirts on. But... Such fair play to them. Uh, any names on the back of the United shirts or are they just going with plain? Uh, I think they've, well, my son wanted to burn his and he's borrowed one off somebody else. So <laughs> I don't think there's any names on it. He's I probably got one on his back just... saying, why me? Why, why always why, me? Why always me? Uh, <laughs> Dale, it's a wonderful cause. Uh, and um, the, the gentleman, what time are they setting off on the weekend? Uh, well, what time are they setting off? I think as soon as they've had a hearty breakfast and then and then walking up, I think there's a bit of snow there at the moment, so um, 15 layers and the United shirt on it and then a little bonfire when they get to the top. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And then they'll be running back down. Indeed. For just a little bit of liquid refreshment and then hopefully... Uh, they all make it down in one piece and, and then over to Smokies for a bit of Scar Foundation on on the Sunday and a bit of fundraising with the auctions as well. Yeah, well Mega, yeah, well, so well, no uh, international break as well so they don't miss any of the football, which is even better. Yeah. Uh, can we ask you, Dale, now, if you want to keep up with uh, the event that's happening on the weekend and the climb, you, is there a Twitter page we can all follow? I have just shared the uh, the crowdfunding link now on our Twitter pages, so hopefully uh, people can go and check that out now if they want to give Joe, what they can. Joe, give me Dale's number after the show. Dale, I'll call you after the show. I'll give you something to put into the auction. Gary, absolutely tremendous. Thank no you very much. We've, we've, actually actually got got a, <laughs> <laughs> we've got um, a uh, We've got a, a Sterling shirt, both signed, which we're auctioning on the Excellent. day. We've got we've got a ball from United, and then we had a, a donation from uh, from a neighbour uh, of a some United shirt signed from Moscow or something. I haven't got a clue. I think, <laughs> I think they won something. But, yeah, yeah, I think they won. They might have won the Champions League. They might have done. Yeah, they might have done. I'm not quite sure. I must have been sleeping that day. <laughs> but yeah, we've got that as well. But Gary, please. I will. I'll call you after. I'll call you after the show. Get Joe. You've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll call you, you after the show when I'm uh, on the way home, and I'll sort something out with you. Dale, what's your Twitter page so we can keep up to date with everything that's going on? It's on a. It's on a Facebook page which Lee's hosting. It's Facebook um, slash Let's Get Debbie Home. Perfect. Dale, we'll make sure we tweet as much as we can. Gary Owen will give you a bell after this. And you've been a legend for coming on, mate. You're on the podcast as well, so if anyone's listening to the podcast, uh, make sure you give what you can. Go on our Twitter page. Uh, We tweeted out the link. Dale, have a lovely evening, mate, and send our love. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. See you later, Dale. Getting on the story there. I mean, it's hard for City fans to wear United United shirts. It's hard for United fans to wear City shirts. But But then to World Cup, Ben Nevis as well. Yeah, but listen, when it's City or United or whoever, it doesn't make any difference. I mean, when you think of, of just getting his wife back home, and you know everybody should do what they can. Yeah. Do what it means can. a lot of worthy causes out there. But you know, I, I feel at this point, if, if I can do something to help, I will help. Gary Owen, thank you very much, and we will sort that out asap. Right, let's have a ch- quick chat now about uh, the Ballon d'Or. The Ballon d'Or uh, shortlist has been announced. Uh, two Manchester City players, also a Manchester United player. Anyone have a guess? David Digger. It was Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba has been announced as the only Manchester United player uh, on the uh, on the shortlist. Manchester City have two: Aguero and Kevin De Bruyne, two incredible players uh, who are going up for that. Aguero seems to be getting the praise for me, Gary. He's deserved for a long, long time. People are starting to recognise in the awards sort of category that this man is going to be looked at as one of the best strikers to enter the Premier League. Absolutely, but you know what we all forget is and. And me more than than anybody. So I'll just enlighten people that didn't know Lionel Messi. We all know what a great player he is. Do you know in the last ten years he scored over forty goals every season? Yeah, incredible. And in one season he scored ninety-one goals. 
They should just give that ball and just give it to him. That's <laughs> yeah, the end of call it. it the yeah, he's finished. Yeah, I know what Ronaldo's done there, and Aguero's done fantastic in the uh, in the Premiership. Yeah, he's also scored over twenty goals. But when you look at that, over forty goals. Okay, you yeah. can say the Spanish league is not the same as the English league, whatever you want to say. But that's phenomenal. And well, you know, these guys, it's just as good, isn't it? Yeah, but Probably. Kevin De Bruyne had a great season, but he didn't win Player of the Year. Um, a Salah won it. So if you're going to pick somebody outside of uh, Messi. And Ronaldo, well, it, has Bale. it has to be Salah. Because what he did last season in the Premiership, we scored over 40 goals. I mean, he that... didn't win anything, though, did he, with it? No, no, but, um, but it's an individual, this one. It's not about the team, is it? It's an individual a performance. And for him, for him to score over 40 goals in the Premiership in his first year with a team that didn't win what the league... What about Gareth Bale winning the Champions League and that? What about mm-hmm. him? I mean, he's never really Who? gets it. Bale. He never really he's got gets... a place in your heart, hasn't he, Mickey, he has. Gareth Bale? But Gareth Bale's hardly played all season. He, he didn't play a lot last season. He's got a great goal, but yeah. hardly played for Madrid. He was either injured or, you know... He, and when he was fit, he didn't play half the games. I just think Salah, if, if you're going to look at somebody doing it week in, week out, and he did, he was hardly injured, scored over 40 goals, then if you don't give it to an Aguero or De Bruyne, as I would like, is that Salah... No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think, I don't think so. If it's judged on what they did last season. Yeah. Uh, this is Excess Manchester Football Social. Only about five minutes left of us before we hand over to Jim tonight. And uh, let's speak about uh, John Terry, who's announced his retirement from football. Uh, whether you loved him or hate him, he was a player that would always be in your face and he would always do uh, and give 110% for his club. Uh, when you think about John Terry, Gary, is he a player that you look back and think, what a player, what uh, uh, a player we'll miss as well? Yeah, it was. Listen, what he did for Chelsea and his his career was uh, was fantastic. You would question other activities that went on in his life, but we're not we're not judging that. We're judging him as a player. And as a player, he was one of the best centre halves in the Premier League since it was formed. And uh, you know, I would not be too disappointed in his peak to have him above anybody else to play in the centre of, of, of your defence. You know, there's other ones, Tony Adams. You can think of you can think of of players that played in the Premiership and. and and central defenders, even at our own company, Vincent Company, in his pump was exceptional. So, but John Terry, as a as a footballer, I mean, he led by example, and that's why he was made captain of uh, of Chelsea. Maybe always known for Moscow, uh, Mickey oh, T. I'm a big fan of John Terry's. Um, I know he played for Chelsea um, for that amount of time. You have to say, not easy to do. Captain as well, uh, played for his national team. And he also asked me for my autograph, so that's why I like him. Well, <laughs> did, know, he did, did he really? Shirt. Where was that? He wanted, he wanted my shirt I played. Oh. Gary knows we only got one shirt. Yeah. And that was game. it. Yeah. We, that's all we got. And you couldn't even give that shirt away. No, you, you couldn't. sold it tight. No, so he wanted me to get a sign top, uh, that I played in. But I did have one, but I, I give it away. But unfortunately, um, I thought I'm never going to get hold of it. And this guy, by chance, two days later, met him in the pub. He goes, I still got your shirt. I said, I'll swap it for the Chelsea sign top. You just give me that. So I give it to John Terry. I had a picture of it in the Chelsea programme. And I, I Very good. That. Oh, amazing. Well, that's a lovely story. For it, guys. not worth nothing. <laughs> no, I don't worth anything. Right, let's get wrap predictions out. Let's get your predictions oh, out. Oh, right, I'm in. Oh, right, I got, so. I got, I got, I'm, I'm getting back on. Right. I was going to retire this week. He was, but, you know, he, Come he, on, did, little, he did a little bit. You were going to retire. He did a little bit of a fight back. So, for people who don't know, the predictions are on a Friday. These two lovely gentlemen, normally with me, but I've handed over the reins on a Friday. Me winning this week, maybe it could be over. What a week. They predict the weekend's results. The adult everyone's uh, scores at the end so if you get the result right you get one Can you count I did say that I wasn't <laughs> feeling it on Friday and I yeah. said oh stop making yeah. excuses no, the score lines on Friday was yeah, 
70 points to me, 47 to Mickey T. Ooh. Now, Mickey, that's, that is a big old gap there, by the way. Yeah. But <laughs> Mickey, each week, like this week, he got six score lines right Ooh. out of nine, but not the correct score, so it got him six points. Oof. I had a dreadful four points. <laughs> so that as we look now, I am on 74 points and Mickey Thomas on 53. Mickey has got to start changing those one-pointers into three-pointers. Yeah, pointers yeah. You're the, three the good news now. is... You know, There's no white flag showing, I, as he was no, threatening to do, so I, I think he's good again to go again this week. I'm predicting a little bit too conservative. I need to get, yeah, out, you need to get out there. Yeah. I need to get out there and express myself to you. A bit like United, actually. So express the comeback is on. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is XS Manchester. I want to talk you through the rest of the week. So on uh, on Tuesday, we have Forever Blue with Ian Cheeseman. He'll be speaking about Manchester City, going over the game again. Um, and then we've got Wednesday Club with Alex Boardman, who you heard before. And um, and obviously Ian Cheeseman again. Full time Devils take over, and then these gentlemen will be back on the uh, on the Friday. You're excited for it? We've got two minutes left, and I just want to speak now about the international break. Do you believe that um, it is come at the right time? No, because we no, mentioned well, I, don't, I don't like the international break at all. And it, the, the the first one, Joe, a week after the season starts. Why I don't know, but I don't. I think it's disruptive. I don't like it. I don't think it's right. Gary, you know you're in a good run. You don't want the season to stop all of a sudden because you might lose that momentum. So I don't like the uh, internationals. Isn't it funny that we can't get a break in the season because of fixtures yet? This new competition's come in and we can now get breaks. Yeah, yeah. it is bizarre, isn't it? The Do players you... need I, 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 rest. I'm, I'm sorry. More in that. And everybody will get, oh, well, the money's getting paid. It's not about the money getting paid. If you want to see the best quality... Then they've got to, and the game's so fast now and so intense that they've got to get some rest. Klopp yep. said it on Sunday. I think everybody said it. So if you want the best, you want best performances, you want to see the, you want to go there and be entertained with them right at the top, then they've got to have some sort of rest. And why, when we couldn't do two weeks rest at any part of the season because mm -hmm. of fixture, but now we can have two weeks every now and again now because of this new, New competition. I don't think we need it. Could also stick in a, a World Cup in the in twenty twenty two. For you, Mickey, for for United, uh, Lukaku has been um, called tired and looks a bit fatigued. You go to Belgium and you kind of hope maybe they don't play, maybe they rest him a bit. He has that rest period, or do you think he'll just be non-stop now to the end of the season? Well, I think he'll be non-stop. I think he wants to play at international level as, as much as he can so um, if there's a benefit for him he'll do it but if he thinks it's a distraction from what he's doing at United then he might have second thought he's not scored for United but watch him score for Belgium yeah indeed and catch that as well right okay so it's time to say goodbye uh, Mickey T thank you very much Thanks, for Joe. coming in uh, Gary thank you for coming in as well well it's not just Joseph enjoy uh, my name has been Joe McGrath this is XS Manchester I can tell you that coming up we've got Jim Salverson in the evening he'll be playing some Shed 7 some Stone Roses and some Talking Heads thank you very much for listening be back here tomorrow for Forever Blue with Ian Cheeseman this is XS Manchester it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.